This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. All right. I'm much more... Uh, what's the word? Unpredictable round of rugby league is, is, is in the books now. Um, the funnest round in a while. Yeah, I would say that that's definitely true. Um, and let's start with the most fun moment, which was a Burgess brother not dropping the ball over the line. So we're starting with the with the Burgess moment. Yes, of course. What, where else can we start with a game that like, you know, lots of weird things happen this weekend, but we will never see a game end like that again. No, we won't. And um, that... Burgess, that was a try to me from the first second I saw it because I, I, you've probably heard me on the podcast before. If you listen long enough, that's downward pressure. It looks like shit. It doesn't matter. I didn't see it because they cut from the like regular camera to the behind the post camera as he was grounding the ball. And in that split second, all I saw was the ball bounce away. So I had no idea. So I just assumed by default that he didn't score. Um, and Mitchell, a lot of people were praising um, Gerard Sutton for letting the play go on and letting Luke Brooks go to the other and scored. You were not one of those. Uh, uh, yeah, but I've come around. I didn't like it yesterday and I still don't. I still don't like it. I understand that it can be technically right or wrong, but it's just not. And I've, I've reheard and I heard in Graham Annesley's uh, football thingy, whatever it's in, review this week. I heard the audio of it and the other refs are with him too about play on and similar, but this is not how we referee those moments. Like we just we never have really right or wrong. It's the same thing we'll talk about with other things. Let's just appreciate it with this stuff. Like the whole Rabbitohs team piled on, you know. It's like it's, and I know it's because of the new rules it happened like this because of this. Like whatever, I'll give the try and we'll check everything on the other end. But they they thought Burgess had scored the touch he's had, so it's just like. Very funny though, and it was a, funny, a crazy yeah, game. Doing here? Um, two point field goal comes into play in an actual meaningful context, and this is this is the actual. I, I hate I hate this. The both two rule changes I hate the most are the set restart, and I know I've called for many of these two point field goals. So I'm an idiot when I'm watching the games, but this is the great reason why I hate it. The, like most of the times when you use it to take the piss, but in this instance, we set restarts. And similar, it's like impossible to get a penalty goal when you're down by two. You know, it's again when you need one. South should have been made to work their way, work their way into territory or risk something, but instead they can just take a 40 meter shot with a decent field goal kicker. And there's a few of them in the league that would be confident there. And it's just like, it, for me, it's like, oh, there, that's it. You know, the Tigers earned this lead. They got that penalty themselves actually to, to get the the extra point, two point lead. But it's just like that felt soft to me. I know some people loved it, but it's like it's for how much you have to work your way back into a game and how much, how hard they made it to go up the field and similar. It feels so weird that there's that rule in the middle of all of it. Yeah. But um, we can now officially call Adam Reynolds the Steph Curry of the NRL. So can we? Something well, good's come of it. Once their three-pointers. Um, it's changed <laughs> the game, mate. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it was good. There was a few good games this week and that was a good game with the, the Tigers getting physical. They, they have had a bit of a tendency to, to take you guys to, to the wire. But it was good to see. I thought Jake Simpkin was really good on debut. He was. With with, uh, with the halves there. It kind of made Brooks run a bit more. I think Adam Dewey's really coming along. How Dewey didn't get a Dalian point in this game is baffling. Oh, they're all uh, terrible, aren't they? South's got all six points. 
but yeah, let's work our way backwards in the Latrell Mitchell incident. Yeah. Let's get to the. Well, I, that's the, the thing. I wanted to talk about the game first briefly before we got into the incidents, because then we're going to yeah. talk about the other similar to Latrell Mitchell yeah, incident okay. straight afterwards. So fair call. All right. Um, oh, Luke Johnny, it was the man, by the way. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Uh, I didn't notice either of the first two at the time because I was only half watching the first. 70 minutes because I was at a party at the time. I didn't want to be too rude. Obviously, it was glued to the TV for the last 10 and for Golden Point. But mm. um, yeah, I didn't notice either of the first two at the time. I think the I think it's a clear eight-point try, the knees into Ghana. Um, and obviously that high shot which he's been charged for, I think he probably should have been sent off for. Yeah. Uh the I saw both of those because I saw the knees I saw instantly, but also saw the South, sorry, the Tigers players react to it. And Roberts gave their head pat and everything. And Garner was mouthing off. They knew it happened. Clear eight point try if it's worth a fine. The kick, I actually don't think he kicked no, him. I didn't think that was anything. But... I've watched the replays again and again. And as far as I'm concerned, he's actually trying to pull his leg out. And he actually like hits Garner, hits him in the head with like his side of his his calf, not even his boot. It looks like his boot, but I've rewatched it. It's like his calf he hits him with. Yeah, but I thought there was nothing in that. He doesn't even look backwards like for one second or anything after he does it. He just yanked his leg out and it has come out awkwardly in my opinion. But that elbow is a send-off every day of the week. And we Terrible. got the reactionary send-off, which I also think was one, but we got the reactionary send-off due to it. As we always seem to do when we miss a clear send-off, it's like in the next week or two, someone gets sent off. I'm I'm not sure the Radley one's a send off. I think Simbin's probably fine for that one, yeah. but I think the other two are send offs. The Latrell one, mate. This there's Latrell is an addiction, it, not by his choice, but to making me look like a fool and look wrong. Because even just last week, I'm wrong about Latrell all the time. Never listen to me on Latrell. Anyone out there, you probably stopped ages ago. But last week I said it's good to see he's kind of enjoying his game more. I haven't seen much of sore loser Latrell or like. And he was right back at this game. They weren't even losing when he did that. It was yeah, it was but, to tie the game when he hit him in yeah, the head. Yeah, he was playing like a sore loser. Like when they went to Luke Garner one, that was definitely definitely sore loser trail. Like just terrible, mate. Disgusting stuff. And like that's four weeks. This is fair enough. Should have been a sim- send off. And it's it's hard to cop. We don't like blame referees for many games, but if you're a Tigers fan, you are. I think you legitimately in a like position that you should feel the referees took this game from you and aggrieved by it because that incident and then the eight-point try, those two things, you know, if one of them happens, it might have been game over. If the troll gets sent off, you win. Then we all yeah, know this. 100%. And so, it, yeah. it, I've always said this, uh, and I've, I've, I've sung from this hymn sheet for years before we've done this podcast, that I hate how many times I hate the suspension system. I hate... I hate seeing players miss games down the road for things they do against an opponent, which then does not benefit that opponent in any way, shape or form. I hate the idea of guys getting rubbed out for weeks at a time uh, for for relatively minor things. A lot of the time, this isn't a relatively minor Mm. thing, but I've always sort of hated how uh, I guess blase we are about suspensions and guys missing multiple weeks of rugby league. I just don't think that the punishment fits the crime a lot of the time. I think it probably did in this case, but Anyway, the reason I'm talking about this is because this doesn't benefit the West Tigers at all. They didn't get a penalty for it. Nothing. They didn't get, any, they didn't get anything for it. And now, and let, I mean, look, and let's 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 imagine for a second that the team of the podcast were in finals contention. We play the Titans and the Sharks in the next four weeks. That's two teams that are, will also be trying to hover around that eighth place on the ladder. Mm-hmm. So not only do the Tigers get no benefit, it directly benefits two teams that they're probably competing with for those last couple of top eight spots. Yeah. 
I actually like the fine system because I do believe players just shouldn't keep missing like one game for something. I like yeah. that change. But I'm with you on this. It's And they reviewed it. And I know every game is different. Every incident is different. But I don't know how anybody could look at that and not think it's at least a Symbian. But for me, it's a send-off. And I've, I've always sat in that same basket of there should be more Symbian than send-off to benefit the team that it happened against rather than down the road. And uh, I do think the later one, the Jack Hedrington one was a send-off. But from the line they have drawn, from precedent of how they send players off, that was not a send-off. They got it right, but it's like you, it's. I get why people look at that and they can't stomach it because we let everything else go. So I know people were wondering why there was mad fans about send-offs. It's like, well, it's easy to send Jack Hetherington off in that situation. It's easy after the pressure of the last few days, losing to the Cowboys in a game that they weren't going to win up there with half an hour to go. Easy to do that. It takes balls to do it in the little trail situation, and they didn't do it. And they didn't even simbin him, and they saw it because he went on report. So it was seen. I just I couldn't get my head around that. When you see it, any one replay, you're like, Jesus, get him off the field. Like, late, high, elbow out. Like, yeah, probably where he hit him was accidental. It doesn't come into it for mine. It was it was reckless. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and I didn't think we'd be waking up and going on, on Twitter today and seeing a world where people are actually defending Jack Hetherington. But uh, here we are. I mean, I've been on team fuck Jack Hetherington since day one. Like, he to me, he's the kind of player... and. I know some people might say they're in the same basket, but they're not to me. I do actually like gamesmen and grubby players, kind of grubby. Yeah. You know? But guys like him and Keegan Hipgrave and a few before them are just straight out thugs and they're straight out cats. Right? You're not a hard man. You're piss weak when you, with the things you, the impacts you make on people are high, late, off the ball. Yeah. Against the rules of the game, any big get... bloke can just pull off cheap illegal tackles on anyone. Exactly, and I would—I know Ray Hargreaves is a history, right? But I wouldn't put him in this basket because Ray no. Hargreaves does run straight. He does get physical with the ball in hand and with legal movements. But guys like Jack Hetherington, goddamn cats, never runs straight, never bends his back in a hard run, never does like the things in, in, within the you know the the bounds of the game. The stupid lazy shit like this to act like a tough man—you're weak, you're piss weak. And you, he's been suspended, what, 16 games now, and he's only played 29. That's like half a career. Pathetic. So it would be it would be like a hundred gamer having 50 weeks of suspensions. Yeah. Like that would have to be up there with like the highest proportion ever, excluding guys with like, you know, two games under their belt. Yeah, it'd have to be, mate. And it's just like aggression is an attribute at some point, but being psychotic isn't. And like the, the, those guys is a detriment. Anytime I watch him play, you're waiting for the team costly mistake he's gonna make. You're waiting for the dumb thing to happen. I don't know. I understand how he got this second, second, or was his third club now. Yeah. He got there, how they were starting him, and it hasn't changed his ways at all. And I, I have no respect for a player like that. Absolutely none. Yeah. You know? And he's facing either five or six weeks on the sideline. So yeah, good. And I, I have no interest in watching him play rugby league. Yeah. None. Like, and like the other ones, you can, other guys, you can reason with suspensions. Like the trolls, you can probably, oh, maybe he didn't really mean, like, he didn't really mean to hit him in the head, maybe, whatever. But Heddington is always full of intent, man. All this uh, dumb shit. Uh, and I do want to get out in front of that and just say that, obviously, I'm not defending Latrell Mitchell at all. I think that was a send-off. I hate when he does shit like that. I hope that he doesn't do it again. Um, yeah, terrible stuff. And we'll be without our best player for four weeks now. And Well, not well, is he a best? Yeah, not probably is. Yeah, yeah and he's cost close. himself a Dallium as well. Well, that's you got another three points in this game. He was going to sleepwalk to that award, and now he's 
Well, he's not ineligible, but he gets minus nine or minus 12, depending on how many games he misses. So, yep. so yeah, good luck to him. But GG. And, then, and I did think the Radley one was also, I thought it was a Symbian. I think they got that call right. Yeah, I agree. But I think everyone's found the most interesting thing about that was the storm abusing the, yeah. the free interchange. We'll quickly it. talk about that. Well, Frank Panisi basically admitted it today as well. He said, oh, it was a tactical one. And then he like kind of had to walk back what he said. But yeah. look, I don't give a shit about that either. I mean, that, that's within the rules of the game. Yeah. It is. Like they, they did it and they, they used it and it wasn't against the rules and good on them. I don't know why it hasn't happened before. Uh, but. I wasn't um, I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to segue um, that's that segment of the show into the next one. But the last man to get sent off before Jack Hetherington was, in fact, Chad Townsend, who Craig Fitzgibbon is apparently uh, shipping out to the North Queensland Cowboys. This... um. This one's bizarre because it doesn't chat have like two years of player options. I, I understand the Cowboys chasing him, but you go from cashed up, you've got Michael Morgan's money. And this is the answer. This is the first person you call. Yeah, look, I'm happy on a selfish level because it means the Cowboys' pursuit of Adam Reynolds will go away. They well, they chose him over Adam. Well, I don't know the money or that kind of stuff, but essentially they chose that pursuit over pursuing Adam Reynolds th- further. It's like, maybe I would have preferred to have Michael Morgan with one shoulder. You know, <laughs> strap it up, Michael. You're going in again. Then having bloody Chad Townsend there, like I know Chad can often get a bit disrespected as a player, but he is what he is, and he's like the Andy Dalton of NRL halfbacks. You're not happy when you get him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and then the other talk is they're still chasing Tom Dearden, which which may or may not happen. But I'm t- that as a harsh pairing does not get you warm as a, as a Cowboys fan, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, yes, yeah, not at all. Well, he got two Dalian points in that uh, that game they lost against the Knights. Well, that's that's good. <laughs> that's that's nice for him. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a weird one. Um, I don't know what you would have watched from him in the past couple of years and, and and thought that he's the answer to your problems, but it's especially telling when something like this happens and the entire fan base of the club where he's coming from is doing cartwheels. Yeah. I mean, they can be wrong. You they can be wrong. There. Like you, you guys are happy to get rid of Luke Keary, for example. Uh, happy is it? You weren't, but most of your fans were. Well, most of our fans are stupid. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I wouldn't back them. But I guess it leaves. I don't know what Cronulla will do from here. Maybe they also pursue Reynolds or Why maybe they sign Sean Johnson and Go have away. Johnson and Moylan. They did have too many pieces. Yeah, they did. Puzzle, well, we were so. talking about the prospect of either Moylan Townsend or Johnson having to run out for the Newtown Jets. So that does solve that problem, I suppose. Um, but they've also signed Will Chambers. <laughs> Seeing a photo of him sitting next to Paul Gallon today was just weird. I mean, he like was it like- at all. Public enemy number one for that fan base wasn't he forever? Yeah. And, um, and I know the the Sharks fans like being healed, so they'll they'll get come around. Will, but Will's been sniffing around a return to the NRL for since the start of the season, looking for a club in the off season after the Japanese stint hasn't really happened thanks to coronavirus. So I thought probably at some point a team was going to have enough injuries to sign him. And yeah, the Sharks are there. I mean, the Sharks had that finish this game with Teague Wilton and. Um, and in the centers with kind of Tracy on the wing, they need somebody. And I, you know, he's not going to be a starter for them when they're fully fit. So I get the signing, but it's still like, man, that, uh, that fan base is going to, I guess it's a win-win for them, isn't it? It's like, if he plays well, they accept it. If he sucks, they can still hate him. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, that's pretty good for them. Um, It, it is just strange though, because 
if, you know, if people don't remember, like there, there's a, there was a lot of vitriol between these two teams when that rivalry was at its peak. Obviously, they played in a grand final as well. Like Sharks fans hated Will Chambers and Storm fans hated Paul Gallen and a few other players on both sides of that ledger as well. Um, it's it's weird. I it would I don't even know what it would be like. Like I'm trying to think of a comparison, but I guess it it would almost be like Jared Rhea Hargrave signing for Souths. Like it's just strange. It's gross. It is, and it, I know for the rest of us it doesn't feel so big, but for them it is a big rivalry. But let's um let's quickly talk about that Knights Sharks game anyway. Then though, yeah. I thought, um, why I, I why do I bother writing a rundown if you're just gonna skip ahead? Whatever That's we just fine. talk about, Chad. So fine. We and uh, please, Brody... we both write a rundown. What are we doing here? <laughs> Did you have? Do you have a different rundown? <laughs> Maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, that game was sick. Uh, Brody Jones is awesome. Give him the keys to the city. Make him CEO of BHP. Um, yeah. Whatever else. I mean, this... give him the keys to the Pasha Balker as well. Why not? Young fellas killing it on debut was always fun. But they've still never been more fun than like young hometown fella killing it on debut yeah. vibe, especially at home and doing it at Newey. He was he was goddamn fantastic and good things happened around him all game. And Ponga had his best game probably what I wouldn't say ever because I feel like I feel like an idiot at some point, but definitely his best game since before the start of last season for mine. He was everywhere. It was a it was a it was a cracking game, but I did enjoy because now I'm on the other side of the fence. There's every game that's either bad or good has to be about the rules right now. I did find it very ironic that this game was put up as like a poster boy of what could be un- under the new rules. People conveniently ignoring that, like the the comeback only came, the last try of this game came from the Knights getting a penalty. Like they penalty on tackle one on their own twenty. That's kind of what the new rule got, got rid of. They got it because it was like offside chasing a kick, I believe, but they were on their own twenty. Only kicked at thirty on meters, but without that penalty. The Knights lose. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally proving the exact opposite. It's proving yeah. us correct. Yes, it's like, no, that, because what ended up happening, if you, you don't remember the last try, they don't even go that far and they put a midfield bomb up and it lands like 20 plus out. But if they were 40 or 50 out, yeah, not happening, is it? No. But yeah, that was, um, that came off a penalty at the end because that's exactly what the penalty is supposed to do. They're supposed to do now, hear me out, Bungard. They're supposed to penalize a team. <laughs> now, that penalty is field position generally, not yes. just one extra tackle. And in this yeah. instance, field position, the Sharks will let them have tackles for the next three minutes, <laughs> you know, really. But field position is what they didn't want to give them. They got field position and they scored. And it was, yeah, Brody and Kalen get, getting together to set that up. It was a, it was a banging game. I was, I'm glad, glad to see a game this good as well and multiple lean changes. But I did laugh that it was a poster boy for new rules when, yeah. Yes, uh, it was a great game though. Um, yeah, Ponga really. It was it was a great game from him. Um, I, I was just thoroughly entertained. It was just nice. I mean, it did seem like there'd been some sort of edict that to have fewer six agains, or maybe it was just that teams have tired out a little bit already, and they were just pushing the envelope a little bit less. But it did feel like there was just a little bit less cynicism this weekend when I was watching. Yeah, the, uh, I do agree with you in general. I think there was one of the games there was a shitload of them, but it definitely felt like there was there might have been an edict change in that regard. Yeah. Um. Anyway, moving on, well, jumping back to Thursday night. Uh, your boys, they were okay. They were fine. <sighs> yeah, it's just happy to be there. Just so proud of the lads. I mean, it's only so often you can you can just cop the effort thing, though. Let's be real. Like it was good to see but them this play. This is probably well. one of those rare rare occasions yeah, where it is actually probably true. Cop it against Penrith. Uh, I think. 
It was good to see. I think that's one of the games. Like, I don't want to do that all the time, but it was good to see that the potential I see in that forward pack, just playing simple footy, yep. going, playing through the guts of another team, offloading when they can and playing straight. That's exactly how this team can win football games. And they weren't doing that before this. And it was good to see them not roll over in defense, despite that his defense was awful. But of course, edges, they were all new combinations, Coates and Kenner, Mead and Oates. But they got away with it quite a bit because they didn't let Penrith down their end. And Corey Oates, despite dropping that one bomb, I thought he was great in return. Sarko and Coates as well, but Penrith couldn't really get on top physically. And a yeah. lot of that was like the forward battle. Like Lodge was exceptional. His yeah, I thought Lodge, Pangai and Haas were all great. Yeah. But they couldn't get on top physically. And we actually were making it, the way, making it downfield. That, so Penrith just couldn't get away with like pinning teams down and holding yeah. us down. But yeah, this isn't that. There isn't the spine to go with this pack, unfortunately. When the pack Brody, jo- uh, Brody Jones, I thought Brody Croft played okay, to be he honest. Had, he had his best game in a Brisbane jersey, but you know that that pack was well and truly winning that battle. And there was interesting comments from Kevy after the game, and he did say that they essentially wanted to play through the middle, play straight, and ke- and keep going back to the middle of the field, roll up the middle, and they weren't doing that in prior weeks. And obviously, a bit of a shot at Milford and a right shot, like I. I thought Milford, I said on this podcast before, he's playing very selfishly, run, kind of aimless short side stuff, wanting his hand on the ball, but not really creating. Like lots of running down on the short side, not fully going to the line, not really setting anything up, but getting his hand on the ball, on, on, on the ball a lot and then ruining a set, a tackle three or four, and we end, end a set poorly. This game, the, they weren't ending sets. The kicking wasn't great, but they were ending their sets effectively. They were getting to the field position on the field, putting a kick in, an okay kick chase. Rather than like, you know, Milford runs on tackle fours to the left and gets tackled 40 out. And they're like, shit, Dean's got to run from the right-hand side of the field to put a kick in, whatever. Like that wasn't happening anymore. And I think that was part of it. I thought, I didn't think Brody, he had his best game in, in, for Brisbane, I thought. Dean was average, but I didn't think they were either of them good. If we had a good half on the field, we would have won the game, if you ask me. But mm. at least they tried to execute the game plan. You know, it was like play through the middle. But yeah, that was a that was a team that that was a pack that was let down by its backs and, and spine again. I thought like Lodge yeah. Haas Pangai tried to crack the game open many a times. Bullmore was great off the bench, nice little try. Yeah. So you you were saying this on the night. Apparently he's really fast, so it actually wasn't that embarrassing for Stephen Crichton to get yeah. stepped by. Him. Everyone was like going off how embarrassing set by forward. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I do believe he's in the top two fastest people at Brisbane, behind that- uh, Coates or Stags or. Uh, Coats. Yeah. But okay. I think he might be the fastest over like 20 meters. I can't remember the exact what it is, but he's quick, man. He's like big fellas. Remember Brenton Lawrence? They yeah. yeah. Get in space. Win the speed test at Manly yeah. and the Titans all the time. Yeah, yeah. When you're, when you're, when you're up and down prop, like those guys are, you never get into space, but Brenton Lawrence saw space like the three times in his career, he was gone and Bullmore in this one saw space and could, could step a guy. He's got, got through in Queensland cup a few times. Can absolutely motor and uh, love to see him play. Um, I'd love to see Maurice Kennedy though, which which sounds weird, but he's flagler's <laughs> gotta go. Gotta yeah, he, he wasn't great again. But um the, m- minor point of controversy, yeah. the Nathan Cleary stuff. Obviously banged the two point field goal and then scored the game ceiling try. But there was a lot of discussion about whether he should have been on the field or not. Now, at the time, my defense was he banged a forty five meter field goal. He's probably fine. But uh, you went back and watched the footage the next day and he Oh, I thought you're gonna say my retort to that one. <laughs> Well, I can't say that on air. But if you would like to subscribe at patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies, you can read the disgusting thing Mitchell said to me in response to that. Uh, yeah, look, he 
Well, they've, they've spoke about it, but he, he definitely stumbles. He definitely out of sorts the next couple of sets. And I'm not concussions faulting the game, but it's just, um, yeah, they got away with that one. You know, they probably, probably should have got pulled off of the field. But I still think Penrith win that game with or without him on the field at the end there. Just, I don't think this Brisbane team had a close win in them. You know, just didn't think the halves had it in them. And Sarko had that one shot at field goal and got nowhere near it. But I just, that was like, you know, you, you joked the other week about having a specialist field goal kicker as 18th man. Mate, that was the only top time Tony, we needed Tony Milford, Milford. Get him on the field. That was the only time we needed in that game was to come now, on. Tony, just imagine it's 49 nil. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the zero stakes. <laughs> um, the one thing I did like yeah. though, mate, for again, I know it's not a Broncos podcast, no, but they finally dropped players. Like, as good or bad they are, the, the jerseys were too easy to get the last couple of years. And they finally dropped people on performance and it seems we've got a reaction from the group. You know, yeah. dropping Milford, uh, dropping... Tessie and the Tessie had been okay. And Oates' own, own dropping earlier in the season, essentially, he's been dropped. He came back and played, but that's what it is. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be able to earn jerseys in the first grade, no matter who you are or your reputation. You're supposed to, to earn those jerseys. That's why I think Reese Kennedy should be in that 17, not Flegler or Carrigan. But that's how you start rebuilding a bit of a culture. Like, Kevy's never going to be a tactical genius, but those small little things should hopefully at least get this team a bit more motivated throughout the year that you have to earn that jersey and play hard every week. And, um, it, it it might just be a case of um, Brody Croft keeping that jersey warm for Carmichael Hunt because it's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a nice, it's it's just a nice story. I don't care if he sucks or not. If we get to see Carmichael Hunt play for the Broncos again, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a training trial, so he couldn't play it around eleven anyway. But essentially, they want someone at training every week with a bit more experience, and they haven't got those guys that can lead the other halves. And I know people will say Hunt. Off-field experience, not great. But mm-hmm. Whatever. It's about the guy at the training paddock, and he has a lot of experience. He's always been a talented sportsman in general. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he'll play first grade again. And my bar of expectation for him is so low if he did. But I've wanted Carmichael Hunt back in a Broncos jersey since the day he left. So yeah. I'll be stoked, even if he plays Only 40 minutes at the bench. Yeah, I know. If he comes off the bench and plays 15 minutes, I'll be stoked. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think that game was televised this week. You were saying the Magpies game with the uh, Milford Hunt... Uh... Albert it Kelly. Not, and of course they lost. Big Kevin Locke. What's outrageous? Well, Kevin so Locke didn't play. Oh, any word about how um, Milford played in that one? Yeah, terrible. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I rewatched quite a bit today and he played a lot like he'd been playing in first grade still, which is he avoided a lot of responsibility, if you ask me, and many others. And he had a lot of less times. And it happened in first grade too. Sometimes he gets a ball on the run and you think something's on there and there's nothing happens. Like he just runs and stops or like gets to the line or throws a pass you didn't have to. He turned the ball over twice with throwing it out about the pass to nobody. You got walloped by... And one thing you can't do in reserve grade, if you go back as like the first grade big dog, you got a reserve grade, you go yeah. to that line, you're getting whacked, right? You're getting whacked by some plumber who's going to tell all of his mates he hit Anthony Milford next week. He turned the ball over, like not an intercept, but he, t- he threw out the back once because he got absolutely smashed by some back rower. Probably wasn't ready for it, but that's it. That guy put all of the energy of his last 10 years into that hit, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Milford had another, another time in that game. He threw a ball out the back. Uh, North Civil picked it up, went 80 odd and then scored off the next play. And that was kind of the, the try that, that broke the game open for Norse and they, they went on a win from there. But yeah, I guess if you're a Broncos fan watching that game, you're probably more interested, which is sad, but you're probably more interested in how guys like Kobe Hetherington and Brendan Piakura played and, Pierre Kura re-signed his three-year deal last week, which which is good. I thought that was finally some good business from Brisbane as well. And he was exceptional, scored two early tries, but 
unique back row. He's a real like he carries the ball in two hands, like he's a like he's a six or a seven. He does his little jink before the line as well. So he's quite unique in that regard, but he played quite well. Tessie was decent at fullback, and Kobe Hetherington, I think, will be in first grade. I said it before, probably around 10 or 11 when he can. I think it's 11. But yeah, it was not Milford's day, and maybe he'll have a few more good games. Oh, Danny Levi's good in reserve grade too, by the way. What a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Mitchell, when's the last time you shaved that quarantine bush in your pants? <laughs> uh, well, I know the answer's last week, but support for NRL Boom Rookies is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Uh, they've just launched in Australia. Uh, and, and men have gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first to experience their life-changing products uh, down under. Pardon the pun. Uh, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. It's got waterproof technology so you can do it in the shower. It's got LED lights which illuminate grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming and they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. <laughs> Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BOOMROOKIES at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. So yeah, 20% off with uh, free shipping at manscaped.com, code BOOMROOKIES. But I do want to ask you there, Bungard, you know, we don't test things on animals anymore. Yeah. What is the job advert for the man who has to test this? You know, bring people in to test. Like, you've got to have grown something, but it's like, mate, look, <laughs> it's in it's in beta. But we're pretty <laughs> confident it's going to go okay. <laughs> you know? What a call to arms. I'll tell you, I'm go, if I go in there, uh, I wonder how much... You'd have to be a student and desperate for cash, I think, for me to go yeah. in and test that product. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. if the pay was fine and I was a student, I'd do it. Why not? <laughs> Um, Tom Turbo is pretty good at rugby league. I mean, we spoke about this in the preseason that we thought they would give in without Tommy because they had in the past, but there, well, right. there's, there's nothing as inexplainable as this in rugby league right now. Nothing like they just whole team gives up when he's not there. And then he comes back. I mean, you poor little Jake who yells and screams and cries at him all the time. They're not listening to you, Jake. They want your taller, thinner, better looking, more improved version to just go out there and dance on them. And doesn't, they don't need him to yell and scream at them. All they, all they want is Tommy, but he plays and the whole team gets an extra six or seven legs and they go from looking like beyond the worst team in the competition to looking like one of the best. Yeah. And like Jake's way better when Tom's there as well. It just seems like he lifts everyone around them. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't understand. Um, I mean, but Jake playing Titans... past it to Tom's pretty easy, though. Let's be uh, Yeah, I guess. But look, if you, how do you, what do you make of this if you're a Titans fan after that incredible performance last week? You just get absolutely destroyed by Manly of all teams. Yeah, I think a lot of this also comes down to how bad the Titans played because, like, good teams, if Titans were up for it, they weren't letting Manly like, make breaks up the guts 18 minutes into the game, which they were doing. Uh, I don't know. It feels like they're a team that read their own press. And I've seen other people make the comparison, but they kind of feel like last year's Knights team that like they could smash someone one week. 
and get smashed the next. But I do feel like the best momentum barometer of this season's rules and similar. Like this team, like they can score in runs and they can concede in runs, but they're not very good at turning the tide either way. So a lot of the games they might be like this this season. And I know people will try to lump off a feeder. I thought he was fine, old, old Dave, in this game. But yeah. the, across the park, the application was piss poor. Yeah, not much else to say. I just throw it out. I, and I, I said this last week. They, 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 they're just going to be one of those teams that just puts in clunkers every now and again. Oh yeah, shit happens. Big fan of Josh Schuster though. Just big fan. Yeah, of, like him a lot. Mate, hates looking for passes. Hates it. He set that first part of that first try setup or the second try, whatever. When he threw no look pass to the left on the goal line. Big fan of it. Big fan of his grubby passing game. <laughs> yep. Um, will the Bulldogs win a game? Yes. I also think yes, but I've, I I saw that take floating around the internets uh, after their performance against the Cowboys, where I didn't think they were that bad. Um, the game itself was shocking, but I didn't think they were that much worse than the Cowboys. I mean... <laughs> I, I wrote five minutes on the rundown for this, but that feels like four minutes too many. I um, who, who are they trying to sign again? They're trying to sign another back or something. I read that during the week. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, they're trying to sign um, Brent Naden. Okay. Why? Uh-oh. Good player. Why? It's it's not a great sign that they need to play some... prop. No, apparently <laughs> not a very good sign that like for the first fifty odd minutes, the bet most likely to score was like DWZ running it back hard. Hmm. The rest of, there were terrible possession the rest of that, but like they all pretty much everything they brought in new was sucked. Like new players, new coaches. Kotrick and Allen have both been disappointments. Um, uh, I mean, Kotrick was going to be an, it was an obvious one for that salary. Wasn't Flanagan he? is not very good, I don't think. No, it never was. Um, and, I don't like, like to say th- mean things about players, but, you know. Uh, but they, they, play, they play like a team, and most teams, when you watch them in attack or in the 20, you can see a semblance of what they're trying to do. You can see, like, they're trying to set up for something or similar. The Bulldogs don't do anything. When they're in, in the 20, they don't do anything. And then they get to this apparent tacking wizard coach they signed, like my ass, but they get to like last tackle and then they were kicking at Kyle Felt. So this is this is what you brought to this game. Round six, you brought that. It looked like they were playing with one of those teams where they'd lost like their first choice, second choice, and then third choice halfback. And they had to throw two guys in, you know? Like, ugh, not good. And yeah, the guys are like, I, I think like Renoff Tony is going okay. Luke Thompson was improved in this game. And then you got guys like Adam Elliott, who's also talking his guts out. But a lot of the times guys like Adam Elliott get like the ball thrown to him in the worst position ever. Cause the half hasn't gone to the line, throws it behind red Adam Elliott. And that's like turn around and run back towards where he came from. Like it's just awful. They're so clunky. They're very bad. Um, and the Cowboys are not much better, but they've got two wins. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're, they're the second best team in Queensland again. Congratulations. To them. <laughs> um, like they, they went very Camelo good. set back for another one to three weeks. Another, Break hand issue training. Who knows? Broke his other hand on purpose, didn't he? Yeah, he just hit it with a hammer. <laughs> just hates Todd Payton. Oh, um, Jackson Hastings coming to the West Tigers. That's, is this the move that will put them over the top? I'm trying to read between the lines here. Of like, I know the first thought is Luke Brooks done, but there's other people throwing up. Maybe he plays ball playing lock, but yeah. surely it's Luke Brooks is done for them right like they're trying to find somewhere to get send Luke Brooks like I don't know why you'd sign Jackson Hastings to then turn him into that type of role for England I don't know and they've been chasing him for ages 
and they wanted him this year. Like, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't feel like that's the the guy who's killing it in the halves in England, who's just exclusively playing in the halves for the last couple of years now. Hasn't that any of that utility bullshit? I don't know why you bring him back and turn him into a lock. And maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like to me that anything that comes out between now and next year is deflection from they're going to cut Luke Brooks. I have never been more sure of anything in my life that if Luke Brooks leaves and goes to a well-run club, he will be good. Well, he was better no than this game, life. mate. Like with, I with, thought he was fine. With Simpkins serves, but yeah, I think Dewey is probably better at running this show. But yeah, the, the Tigers have a semblance of something okay in that spine with Laurie, Dewey, Simpkin, and maybe Hastings. But yeah, I think Brooks, I think that's a divorce that has to happen though. Yeah, maybe uh, Brooks to Brisbane, Milford to West Tigers. Please no. <laughs> I mean, I, could, um, yeah, I think I think Hastings what they're doing. That's what I, that's what I think. That's it. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. Um, I, I do feel bad for Luke Brooks. I do want him to succeed, but it um does feel like that 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 relationship is coming to an end. Chuck on some um burn by Usher and just just uh, <laughs> just uh, go your separate ways. Um, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Um, obviously bit too late for the Coltrane Cup to get involved this year, but for those who are playing, there's near, there's over 100 of you. Um, just two remain perfect, Mitchell. Um, two, two people. Coward. One of them well, has one picked coward, sorry. three times yeah. <laughs> in the first six weeks. He can't pick them again, and he's still going to tip all the shit teams. But at the moment, he is winning. So good on him. You know who you are. Um, uh, we're both five and one. I had the Bulldogs last week. You had the Panthers. What are you doing this week? There's actually quite a few options this week. Mm. There's there's a few I feel comfortable in doing. I I feel comfortable in picking. Well, I can't do Penrith, obviously. I can't, and, but I'd feel comfortable in picking the Sharks against the Dogs. Easy, it feels like it. Uh, the Raiders in North Queensland, despite the Raiders sucking last week, and they probably need to do something about Josh Hodgson, but they probably won't. Uh, I feel confident in that one. I feel pretty confident in the storm against the Warriors. But I all but I also look at Tigers v Manly in Bank West with Tommy Turbo and I think, do I pick my game where I know Tommy Turbo's fit with Manly? It's a good point. It's a very good point. And my account of that is they do play the Bulldogs twice though. They do. So I am I'm going to go the Sharks against the okay. Bulldogs. I so can't tip a- the Sharks because I tipped against the Bulldogs last week. Yeah. Every week, someone has tipped illegally, by the way. Every single week. Of course. Um, I am going to take the Eels of Parramatta. Oh, but yeah, we are picking um, before the team list this week, which might have changed my, how I picked. If I saw if the Raiders made a shake up, maybe I'd gone there. I still think they'll win up there. But um, I did like Josh Hodgson doing the Nathan Brown move of stinking it up, but then going off Fox Sports two days later. And they're like, you know what? Josh is a good bloke. Forget about everything else. He's like, I like that. I like that. Josh Hodgson. You know, I think he's going places. But yeah. They, um, yeah. And I mentioned earlier um, the discord that we've got. Uh, Mitch has just sent out stubby holders to our first lot of loyal patrons who have been with us for, has it six months? Uh, it depens on the tier you're in. But so some people who have signed yeah. up this year have already got sent them. Sent them to everyone who given us out, out their address at, at that point. So and we're eligible. So yes, thank chase you. Those up more, but and I hope you there. guys enjoy your stubby holders. And if you want to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. And if you can't afford that, just please give us a five star iTunes review. That's that's all we ask for. And um, let's give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon. They are Dave, Carly Tyson, Wayne Ritchie, Ando, Ben Wallace, 
Big Chief 69. Oh, Doc Who Hogg has been usurped. That? I don't care. Blake Moretti, <laughs> Futsi, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg. I'm sorry, Doc. You're now only the second coolest name on this list. An anonymous backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Matty Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Matty McPee, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, Never Trendy, Razor, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the not so mature student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick O'Hearn. Big Chief 69. <laughs> I've got who who did that? Uh, I mean, I've got to respect it, but uh, <laughs> I don't know, but that's my new favorite. Big Chief 69. Oh, God. All right, rookie takes time. Um, last week's winner by a closest one we had so far. Um, so for new listeners of the show, every week, uh, again, patrons can submit um, bad takes they've seen on any internet medium, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you like. Um, uh, they can submit them to us and then we, we go through them all and we put the best five up for a nomination which you guys can vote on. And narrowly, by only four votes last week, Dean Ritchie beat out Nick Tedeschi. Uh, Dean Ritchie's take was, of course, uh, yeah, the bunker call was right, but it ruined the game. So why'd they do it? I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what it was. Yeah. Um, so we've got another five for you this week, Mitchell. I don't know if you've looked at them yet, but um, first of all, we've got uh, the first, I think this is the first, the first time a, a patron has submitted their own family member for Rookie Takes. So we've got Patrick Gregson. <laughs> With uh, there we go. Kalen Ponga soldiers on and plays NRL game with a gastrovirus and is praised as a hero. Meanwhile, I can't even go to work with a sniffle. Double standards. Something to think about. Yeah, something to take home. Maybe talk. You know, sit down at family dinner and have a conversation with your wife and children about that one. Just, yeah, it's a weird one. Let's. Really, uh, on. What are you? What are you, Gregsons and people from Penrith doing? <laughs> next one, we have Willie Mason. Oh, Tamalolo is back to with a point to prove. Best forward ever. Um, if people are unaware, he tweeted this in the middle of the Cowboys Bulldog game, in which Jason Tamalolo had been pulled out with injury the day before. This is just like it's it's, an, it's the next Ruan Sims thing. Hey, when she did Dally and voting without watching the game, he's just proven that pretty much now he will schedule tweets for games and do a safe tweet like saying good player is good, essentially. Like, that was a pretty safe tweet of Tamalolo's playing to be accurate. Like, oh, Tamalolo's back proving he's worth something. Yep. Uh, yeah, it turns out he was ruled out, like, multiple days beforehand, and Big Willie didn't uh, delete his schedule and also didn't delete the tweet. <laughs> he, like, and then also said he didn't know how to schedule tweets and just doubled down and was basically like, oh, I had a few beers last night. As though, uh, Which just leads to another question of, so you were so hungover that you thought, that you thought, Cohen Hess was Jason oh, yeah. Tamalolo. I want names of which cowboy you thought was Tamalolo then. I want you yeah. to say, I thought this person was Tamalolo <laughs> because none of them were. <laughs> okay. but, uh, if that doesn't win, I get... actually no, there's another banger coming uh, up. Uh, Andy Raymond, great game. Two great sides. It's Rooster Storm. Oh. Uh, Cooper Cronk on commentary, paid by both clubs. What's doing here? Hashtag shit go. Treat your audience with some respect, Fox NRL. For a man who notably treated his audience with disrespect through most of his broadcasting career. He also deleted this. Yes, of course he did. I don't understand the point. Like, if he's if he was paid by one or the other, then the tweet would kind of have some relevance. But if he's if he works at both, then I mean, I imagine he'd have quite a lot of insight to the game. Yeah, I think the greater conflict does come from, as you mentioned there, like a Brandy Alexander doing a Penrith game. Yeah, I agree. 
not the guy who worked at but works at both and the conflict of interest like Turn it up, Chief. You guys have your favourites anyway. And uh, I don't know. If it was Buzz, it would have read like Buzz taking the piss for when he went at Cooper. Yeah. But Andy, it's a, just sour grapes, mate. Yeah, um, yeah I, I riled up a lot of people after I said that Cooper Cronk was the Tony Romo of the NRL and then said that stupid people don't like him because they use because he uses big words. Yeah. Um, people got really mad. Turns well, out they, they don't like being called stupid. Well, they are stupid. I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. But yeah. anyway, apparently... Don't don't take kindly to being called more. You, you bloody pseudo intellectuals, Bungard, who want to understand the game. Just yeah, listen that, to what Gus tells you. Okay, and I, that's I, a fact. I, I, do I have to read this whole thing? It's so long. All right, this is a column from Paul Gallon today. Rugby oh. league has been. A, <laughs> it's read the no, whole column. <laughs> I'm reading the seven paragraphs that are relevant. Yeah, the, which is the rest of the column is actually like pretty good, and that I agreed with matter. it. But uh, this these these two excerpts that were sent to us. Uh, rugby league has been around for 113 years. People have only been concerned about concussion for only 10 years. Okay, fair. For more than a century in rugby league, we didn't have HIA rules. And respectfully, the game in the past was absolute thuggery. They got out there and had a fight in the scrum. And if the opposition hadn't been softened up enough, fought again in the second scrum. Again, like, this is pretty fair enough so far. That's Here's not. where it falls apart. Where are all the blubbering messes from the last 100 years? Where are all these blokes painting ducks on the wall? Concussion and CTE are certainly an issue for some people, but I think for the majority, they're not. I can only think of a handful of examples, such as James McManus, lawsuit against Newcastle Knights. A friend of the show, Nick Campton, today pointed out that Paul Gallon played with someone for six years who then sued the NRL because he had to retire at like 25 because of concussion issues. Also played with Lance Thompson. Anyway, um, I don't want to downplay the seriousness of concussion. You only get one brain, but I think let's put things in perspective. Gus Gould played through a brutal era in the 1970s and 80s and is one of the smartest men I know. Brad Fittler started his career in the late 80s, a hard time, and he's come through okay after a long career. Rugby league has been played by thousands and thousands of people for more than a century. And while there may be lasting effects on some people, most former players just seem to be getting on with life. I mean, what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? I, I don't know Paul, how these. I don't know how these anti CTE. I don't. I just. You do understand this concussion protocols are more than just rugby league. You do understand this. You do understand there's there's just there's people smarter than me or you who have come up with this this thing. They didn't just. It's not CTE stands for something, chief. <laughs> you know, like they didn't just. Yeah. Oh, you get hit in the head and you, you're a bit wobbly, whatever. It's like no. There has been proven issues with this, and it leads to things like what Chris Benoit did to his family. Mm in different areas and at least yeah. uh, earlier deaths and other guys. And there was even came out, didn't Steve folks who died young last year, did he not have CTE? And there was some linkage to his death in that. So he died two years ago. I believe that and might be linkages there. Been studies by on brains of former athletes and other sports all, all over the world. The other sport you're involved in, you goddamn goose boxing has tighter concussion protocols than NRL does. Just because people played the game one way beforehand doesn't mean they can't change it going forward. You absolutely. Goddamn moron! What an I, awful take. I actually quite like Paul Gallon now, but that was yeah. I just can't get on board no, with this at all. It's like you you could apply that dumb thing into anything. Oh mate, look, we got along a hundred years when women weren't voting. Yeah, you know we didn't have and we didn't have you know antibiotics in the eighteen yeah, hundreds. We just cut people's legs off no, when they it, got mate. a fucking scab. That's it. Fantastic. Mate. Christ. Oh, uh, last one. And oh um, my god, the blubbering messes. <laughs> my god, it's the same. But the thing I don't get about Paul Gallon, by the way, on that is that Paul Gallon can sit across. This is not a shot at Gus, by the way. But he can sit across the room from Gus Gould, articulate why obstructions matter now, have a modern understanding of the game of how it's played. He has that part. He understands obstructions, shapes, option runners, all that kind of stuff. We sit down there and lay down to Gus why it matters now, and Gus will do old man shit and go, nah, 
doesn't matter, whatever, that shit to it. That same man can have the feelings of a goddamn dinosaur on other parts of the game. Makes no sense to me. That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, because his stuff about the obstruction the other week was very, very and he, and he's done spot on. Times. So. And, it's, and it's, he's speaking again. He's speaking again like a man who may have had lots of concussions or not, but he's speaking in his 30s. Yeah. Goddamn idiot who hasn't dealt with, like, maybe, maybe 15 years come talk to us again, Chief. That's the other thing. We don't know the full extent of these things. And we literally had a player retire from concussions last week. So, oh, oh well. I think he did mention that in the column, to be fair. It wasn't in the... Who was the, the... Junior Sow as well. Like, yeah. And um, Javon Belcher, the one that drove yeah. to the Chiefs facility and shot himself while Andy Reid was like begging him not to. Yeah. And now, what? how dare we just, you know, play a little cautious with our brain, <laughs> things we don't understand in our brain. Yeah. So that one's... All right. I'm going to try and lighten the mood again with a really funny CTE one. Um so this first tweet, it was in response to NRL Physio. This one's not the nominee, by the way, but I'm giving the context. It says, for mine, it's just dumb. South are in the top tier when it comes to teams who can win this season's premiership, but need to avoid ill-discipline if they are to win it. Latrell Mitchell spends time on the sideline for the first incident on the back of Cody Walker's suspension. All fair. Uh, the Immortal Flame replies, but are his actions based on too many concussions? Should MRI scans on players be mandatory before the season starts? So Latrell Mitchell's killing people because he's got CTE. Right. Should have them at half time. MRI yep. skits. <laughs> Incredible. We'll make half time an hour and a half. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, a, f- a few bangers this week. I mean, again, if <laughs> you can't just have a scan and be diagnosed as CTE when That's you're alive, because if it worked like that, you, you wouldn't you think maybe, you know, when they're waiting for players got a concussion, you reckon they just scan it. Wouldn't you know, they scan his brain? That's how it works. Is it, you got to donate your brain, brain when you die. They just, cut your brain Just open. sleep it off. Cowards. Cut your brain open. And that's yeah. why the, the dangerous thing, like Paul Gallen would have had the education of this. Former players who went through different areas probably didn't get sat down and spoken to about this stuff. Paul yeah. would have been. I just don't understand because he generally does strike me as a really intelligent pundit a lot of the time. So I just yeah. don't understand his opinions on this. Like, anyway, like at least James Graham went like, yeah, look, it's probably going to fuck me up, but I'm dying for rugby league. And it's like, yeah, okay, you know, you're being dumb. At least that one's cool. But Paul Gallen's like, you know what? Don't know about this, uh, this whole science thing. Yeah, not great. All right. Uh, we have come to the end of another episode of Boom Rookies. Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash general boom rookies. Go to boom rookies at manscaped.com to get 20% off your order. Boom rookies at manscaped. <laughs> Enter the promo code boom rookies at manscaped.com to get 20% off your order. And if you uh, just give us a good review on iTunes, follow us on socials, all that stuff. Uh, and that Manscaped code does stack. We found out. We had a couple of guys on Discord buy something, but there was a 40% off sale for Manscaped. Yep. The 20% stacked on top. Yeah. Think like, about that. I would, I'm not going to reveal his name. I want to keep his, his genitals private, but there was a, he got like a $300 deal for like $120 or $30 on there. You guys, you can't. You could buy two give you for buy the same two. price. One and give one to a, a loved one. To your dad for Father's yeah. Day. Dad, sort your hairy and, bush out. Or give it to mum for Mother's Day for dad. Yeah, mum. <laughs> Fucking tell tell old mate this, to sort his dick this, out. This is one for you, mum. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>